Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights, conversations exploring network transformation through interviews with industry experts. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. Today we're coming to you from the SDN NFE World Congress at The Hague. And I am delighted to have two guests with me, Harshal Kalkoti, Senior Product Manager at Affirm Networks, and Ignacio Garcia Carrillo, Strategic Business Development Director at HPE. Welcome to the program, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Harshal, why don't we start with you? Uh, can you introduce Affirm Networks to the audience? I know that many members of your organization have been on the program before, but it's always nice for a refresher. And your role at the company. Sure. My name is Harshal Kalkoti. I work as the senior product manager at Affirm Networks. My role in the company is NFEI product manager. So I'm responsible for the NFEI layer for all our products. Mm-hmm. And I've been in Affirm Networks for a while now, starting with the virtualization platform and then eventually riding it and you know dominating the virtualization part of the NFEI and the 4G networks, right? And excited to look forward to what 5G holds for us in the space. Fantastic. And Ignacio, can you give a, a background on your role at HPE and how that relates to HPE's engagement in the networking arena? Sure. So I'm Ignacio Carrillo, business development leader worldwide for HPE on Telco. What I do, what my team does actually is bringing knowledge on telco infrastructure to our sales teams so that we can position our products better with the customers. Then we bring in return feedback from the customers to drive the direction of the product so they better fit the telco space. We do all the revenue and margin reporting, which is the boring side of things. But basically what HP is trying to do is deliver the best infrastructure for the telcos through knowledge of the real problems of telcos. Fantastic. Now, today's topic is the transformation of 5G networks and really getting into what is the capability required in the core network to transform to 5G? What is 5G requiring of network infrastructure that may be different from its 4G predecessors? Harsha, you talked a little bit about the interest in seeing what 5G offers. Why don't you provide a background on what the requirements are for Mm -hmm. 5G infrastructure Mm -hmm as we look at the new capabilities that 5G is bringing to the network. With the 5G, we're talking about a lot of these exciting new technologies like AR, VR, 3D video, connected cars. And then there is this whole cross-section of local breakout services that we need to enable. If you have to distill this into like a high-level requirements, it would be something like enhanced mobile broadband to all the consumers. Mm-hmm. And then it would be ultra reliable, low latency for uh, devices. And then the third would be something like a massive machine type communication, right? Those are the three things that it would be distilled into. And how we achieve this is gonna be something that really differentiates one solution from the other. Ignacio, when you look at the underlying infrastructure requirements of what Harsha just described, what comes to mind in terms of the core capabilities of the infrastructure and what HPE is delivering to market? So for HPE, 5G is all about two main things. Disaggregation. The basic definition of 5G involves or is being designed as a way to disaggregate finally hardware from software at all levels, including finally the extreme edge 
mm-hmm. okay, which means that there are opportunities for hardware vendors to bring solutions in this space. That's the reason for the interest of HP. And also, the other big thing is about massive distribution. Mm-hmm. So there's a change of paradigm. 5G is not simply a continuation of 4G. It aims to transform the whole industry with penetration of devices everywhere. And that means distribution of compute capabilities everywhere, which is obviously of interest for HP as a way to deliver a lot of compute capability through the network. Now, Harsha, we talked about the variety of services and the core capabilities that customers are looking at for 5G. How has Affirm dealt with that in terms of the software that you're delivering to fuel 5G networks? And you know, you talked about moving from delivering the virtualization of the platform into more of a cloud-native NFEI environment. Can you talk about that? Surely. One of the Affirm networks has this long history of virtualization, right? So when we move towards the 5G kind of a solution, the virtualization is a must. I think that's given. The one thing that differentiates the products from uh, on a 5G perspective is whether they're truly cloud-native mm-hmm. in their architecture or they are able to deliver this microservices kind of architecture, right? There are four tenants that would probably sum what would really be required to make the differentiation. The first one is the virtualization thing, right? The second one is what we call this innovative kind of networks in which we are able to deliver a particular solution very fast in a kind of agile kind of a way instead of this slow waterfall kind of a model, which from your background in data center compute, you know that this is something that constantly this over-the-top providers deliver, like instead of taking months and years to deliver this, they're talking about days and weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that this kind of architecture helps us do that. And this is what is going to help a service provider compete with an over-the-top providers, right? Mm -hmm. And the second one is the automatic networks in which you can orchestrate these networks using Kubernetes and Helm technologies so that there is zero touch from a human aspect, right? So you don't have to be monitoring these networks and delivering a certain service. It has to be all automatic based on the demand and we create and destroy in order to achieve this CapEx and OPEX kind of numbers, right? And the next one is to achieve all these We need a sort of um, zero downtime kind of thing. We need to achieve all this and deliver all these new services without zero impact to the end user, Mm -hmm. right? So in which what we call is non-stop networks in order to achieve six nines capabilities for a network. So these are some of the things that are core to achieve the differentiation in your 5G solution. Ignacio, it sounds like... Hasha is describing a cloud-native platform, but he's also describing one that is going to require a ton of performance. How has HPE been able to deliver this? HP has been working with partners, like affirmed, continuously to improve the performance because it's a source of differentiation and better customer experience. And our take on this one is not all hardware is born equal, okay? All the black legend about commoditization of hardware is something we don't believe because actually then we get the calls from the customers complaining that the solution doesn't perform. So our take is we choose the best components, we set them up in particular reference architectures that we call blueprints so that they perform, they deliver, they serve the customers with high availability, 24-7, 5.9, 7.9, etc. That kind of work has been the focus of the HP telco infrastructure team for the last five, six years. And 
we basically work with our vendors like Intel to select the best components to deliver that experience for our uh, software ecosystem partners. Now, I know as you've looked at the 5G core network and seen requirements of you know 100 gigabits per second per CPU socket going to 200 gigabits per second, you've looked at some of our network acceleration solutions as well as you know our baseline Xeon scalable processors. How do you see those work hand in hand to deliver that type of capability? So we have been testing DPDK performance, network performance for the last six years or even more. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have seen continuous improvement there. But in the last three, four years, we have seen all the buzz around acceleration technologies of different kinds. Now, there is a particular issue with those technologies, which is that they provide functionalities that have to be used by the software vendors. So they provide extra functionality on top of the basic hardware. And then the vendors have to code some functionalities into their VNFs that make use of those extra features. Sure. Okay, so there's been a great deal of investigation there, some niche use cases, but now we're seeing finally some of those solutions emerge as serious candidates for more massive deployments, for more mature uses, like the ones we're testing with Intel and a frame through the N3000 car, for example. And Harsha, how has it been in terms of the integration of the FPGA pack or programmable acceleration card in terms of that additional coding required that Ignacio just talked about? So the way to deliver this solution is, I want to take one step back trying to explain what the solution Mm -hmm. really required for. So in terms of this 5G space, the specification requirement is such that particular user data is supposed to land on one particular line card, which is different from are traditional data center kind of a models where you could have a user land on a different server at a given time mm-hmm. and based on a certain HTTP connection, serve them, right? The problem is a little bit different and more complicated in the 5G space because of which the way you deliver the solution is you need to have higher line cards, like 100 gig line card that you talked about. And even when you deliver that particular user session on that particular line card, the next level is to find the exact core on which the user data is located, right? Mm-hmm. So the base on the, these two levels of abstraction that you need, this Intel programmable acceleration card that we have has this smart RSS kind of a technology which helps us to go beyond the traditional five-tuple kind of a lookup, right? Mm-hmm. So you're actually looking into this GTPU header one level because of the cache optimization and all the other good stuff that happens in the smart NIC, right? So once we do this, what it eliminates is traditionally we would need certain cores allocated only for transmit and receive kind of things where they are not doing useful work, but actually just finding the right core to find where the user session management is located, right? Because of which, when you have this kind of a load balancing smart RSS technology, it eliminates those requirements for those cores, which in turn helps us use those cores to perform more useful operations, right? Which is for a service provider or the end user, mm-hmm. right? So like a DPI, video adaptation rate, and stuff like that. So the different application that user and the service provider really cares, which can be used in those goals. And then this, like Ignacio was talking about, drives the performance to higher and it's able to almost achieve close to the line rates that we are talking about right now. 
Fantastic. Now, Ignacio, when you're talking to customers about their upcoming deployments of networking infrastructure to fuel 5G, where do you think we are with the customer base now? And what does 2020 offer in terms of opportunities for 5G? So 5G until today has been kind of a relatively little experiment. Mm -hmm. We're beginning to see the first hints of actual deployments in certain regions. That's one. Still a long way to go until we see massive deployments in most big countries, but certainly many regions will have deployments for enterprise use cases Mm -hmm. where our customers begin to experiment in production environments, serving enterprise customers with private LTE solutions, but on 5G things, okay? Mm -hmm. And those will give our customers the opportunity to experiment the deployment, the delivery, the operation of those environments. There's also going to be a lot of focus on the edge side of things. Because there's a huge amount of discussion, a huge amount of testing there, and different kinds of functionalities being deployed there, mostly related to connectivity, but also some of the fancy use cases are beginning to be taken a look into. So a lot of work, definitely. I don't expect 5G to explode on our mass market user Mm -hmm. phones tomorrow. It's going to take a few years, but definitely for the vendors, a lot of work ahead in terms of deployment in the next two, three, four years, definitely, particularly on the edge. I think that's going to be next year's big thing. And Harsha, when you look at what Affirm Networks is delivering in terms of your core capabilities, what are the things that are you most excited about and seeing in the upcoming year and how you have delivered software capabilities to fuel that transformation? One of the things that differentiates when Ignacio says it's not ready, I really uh, don't agree with that right now. The only reason I would say is for 5G capabilities, there are two kind of tracks, right? So the one is the 5G NSA, and then there's a 5G SA kind of a model. In 5G SA is where we actually have, uh, we use this uh, off-the-shelf hardware capabilities that we have they can be used to deliver the 5G capabilities right now. So based on these three requirements that I talked about initially, if you have to provide this enhanced mobile broadband kind of capabilities on the network, and you want to leverage this CUPS architecture, right? Basically user plane and control plane separation of the mm-hmm. traffic, and you want to deliver these as soon as possible right now, we have the capability right now for uh, the service providers to deploy this solution on their existing off-the-shelf hardware. Right? Right. So based on that requirement, they can go ahead and deploy the solution right away and get the benefits. Right? But if you want true that Ignacio was talking about where you need a new radio and you need new set of the ultra-reliable low latency and then maybe massive machine-type communication kind of thing where it's a total transformation network, at that point, we do need some more capabilities, especially because of the new 5G radio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of our customers have been trying this solution out. They're more mature in the sense that they've already deployed the 5G NSA, and now they're moving towards 5G SA. So that's the solution which is coming soon, and we are all in trials, and pretty soon we're going to have some exciting announcements coming out. So looking forward to that one. I can't wait to hear about it. The best thing about this industry is that some of the most interesting innovation is being driven. You, you know, you talked to Ignacio about the delivery of edge capabilities, 
the move to 5G. Can't wait to find out exactly how this rolls out. Would love to have you gentlemen back next year to hear about more in terms of the progress that the industry has made and how Affirmed and HPE have been at the forefront of its delivery. One final question for both of you. Where can folks find out about the solutions that you're delivering in this arena and connect with your respective teams? Ignacio, why don't you go first? So in the case of HP, we have on our website a section for telcos. I know our corporate customers don't look at those things. So Mm -hmm. the best option would be to call my team. Basically, we have representatives through the regions directly link with us or link through our sales teams in order to get the HPE vision of 5G, definitely. Fantastic. And Harsha, how about for you? The best place to start would be our uh, website, Mm -hmm. affirmnetworks.com. And then there are a lot of product description and exciting news about our performance and blogs and stuff, all the exciting stuff. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you so much. Thank you.